Okay. Good morning, gentlemen. So here we are on the bottom of Hafsayin Amid Beis. So um, this is one of those Gemaras. You're almost better analyzing just one, uh, one piece, and we're stuck with many, many of them. And so then, like the thing to do is to look between, you know, look for patterns, and all that would take time. So we're going to translate it, and they're beautiful ideas, but sometimes it leaves you as wanting to know more. Um, there is a concept of threes. You will often find rabbis teach things in threes. Why were they threes? What if there were two? Each one had threes. Um, it could be uh, that each one was trying, there's a concept that we're three stools, we're, we're three legs, Torah, Avodah, and Milos Chassadim. And so to live long, you have to have one of each pillar to keep you going. And so then you have to see how each one is one of those three. Or, you know, Avram Yitzvah Yaakov, same thing. Or in other words, one of the three pillars. But uh, we're not going to have a chance to go into each one as much as that. But just try to understand the word. Shal Tamid three lines from the bottom. So the students asked, Rebbe ben Shemua, Bama Arachta Yamin. In what did it happen to you that you had length of days? So, number one, I never took a shortcut through the shul. I never dis, dishonored the shul uh, by taking a shortcut through there. Um, it's also the idea of not taking shortcuts in, you know, when it comes to doing things properly. And I never stepped on the heads of people. In those days, they used to sit on the floor, like in the Muslim countries, you know, the Arabic, you know, they're all sitting on the floor. So to get to the front, you've got to step over people. I couldn't do that. I wouldn't step over people's heads. It's just not nice. And he was a Kohen, and he said, I never did Birchus Kohanim without a bracha. So this is a question, really. Uh, so some people, sometimes people assume that it, it, things work the other way. It wasn't always the custom to be so careful with it. And today, the reason that we do this is who wouldn't want to live long? So that's why al Yeah, he just explains what the bracha is. Uh, but the question is, today, that's a simple halacha, that you make a bracha before you do birchus kohanim. So what's he bragging? I live long because I always made a bracha. Well, every kohen, so some people say it's true, that it, in theory, every kohen should live long because he, would, he makes a bracha, right? The, uh, could, there are things you could do to a person to shorten their life. Uh, some, one explanation I saw was that I never came late to Birkas Kohanim because if you get there once they start, you're supposed to join in. You're not supposed to, like, hold it, guys, you know, do a bracha in the middle of Birkas Kohanim. I'm, I'm running late. You know, or, uh, you, you're supposed to bench together with the other Kohanim. And so if you're running late, so he was basically saying, I never got there late. That, that could be so what the uh, okay, well, this could be another. We're going to see this. Yeah, it could be. This is a, a bracha where you have to do it with love. I think I told you the story. I once had someone in shul who I wasn't feeling love towards, and uh, I wasn't expecting him to be there, and I really had to work on myself uh, because it's considered dangerous to. Uh, uh, to do Birkas Kohanim if you don't have you know, if you don't have the right feelings to the people you're benching and uh, it's not not something you want to do and so it was like I had no choice I wanted to do the mitzvah so I had to forgive the guy it was like uh, it was tough it was uh, it, uh, it took me a little bit and it was uh, uh, but that's the 
so what he meant was that I always was able to make that bracha. I mean, you, you make the bracha that you are doing it with love because you would ne- there's nothing more that you would want to do with the bench Klal Yisrael, you know. So the question was, well, there's this one guy, <laughs> but uh, I benched him too. So anyways, uh, but that's, that's another idea they say over here. Okay. Is the idea that the idea that you have to do it with love, or the idea that Rabbi is blessing through you with love. Yeah, but it, it doesn't work that way. In other words, for me to be the vehicle for him to bless, um, you're asking who has the love. Does God have the love, or do the Kohanim have the love? That's a good point. Yeah. I, I was assuming that we're making the bracha, that we're about to do this with love. There was another chat that um, you're only obligated to, to do it once. This actually happened here one time. They didn't have a Kohen upstairs, and so they call you so... So what he meant was, if they asked me to do it, I, I, I made the bracha, meaning I was willing to bench the people. Okay, next. Shalot Tamides Rebbe Preda. The students asked Rebbe Preda, how can you live so long? So, I made sure to be the first one in the base medrash. The funny thing is, if everybody does this, so then how do you get there first? It's going to be a big competition. So Tosis has a question. Uh, if you remember this Rebbe Preda, he was the one that taught a special needs person 400 times. Uh, somebody, not special, somebody that had a memory issue. And uh, then the person said, are you in a hurry? I didn't get it this time. And he taught him another 400 times. Uh, let's see the bottom tosis on the previous page. He taught 400 times. And the Basko said... Uh, do you want to get Kuli Dor Almadasi, the whole gen- generation to the world to come? Oh, Delaisi Dalad Meishan, or live 400 years. I'm a Kodesh Borko, give him both. So he got 400 years because he had the patience to teach someone that took 400 teachings uh, to get it. All right? He, he taught it once, it wasn't enough. Twice, it was 400 times, and then the person finally got it. There was more to the story, right? So he ended up doing But uh, what do you see? So why is Gomorrah saying it was these things that had to do with that? So So God knew why he was giving him the 400 years. They, they were asking him why he thought. So he thought he didn't know that until he lived 400 years, and then he put two and two together. Why 400? You know, so, uh, I'm going to guess that he wasn't that old yet when the Talmud asked him that question. It was probably a normal age. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's Tosa's answer. That's Tosa's assumption. Okay. Back to the Gemara. So the first thing was, he was the first one to get to the base matters. As we turn to today's page. Velo barachi... Okay. Velo arachi... Velo achalti mebehemish He changes the order. But, Velo barachi lifnei kohen. I never made a bracha in front of a kohen. Rashi says, In other words, I always made sure that the, I gave the, the honor to the Kohen to bench. Uh, um, and then the second thing was, I never ate from an animal that uh, at first they didn't give the gifts to the Kohen. Interesting, both things. All these things have to do with kahuna, which is interesting. The, that's why there's a, there's a concept of... Uh, Getting Birkas Kohen, of being there for Birkas Kohanim because it's for protection. You know, a person should live and be well. You know, the, isn't that where Spock got it from? Live long and prosper. It's from the Birkas Kohanim, right? That's the, that comes from, you know, that you want that bracha. That's the, so, uh, but uh, uh, there's another concept also, which is sometimes people are in a hurry to eat. 
you know, once you eat, you know, just wait, look at the kiddush, you know, when people grab that. So he was saying that he was always careful to set aside the pieces that need to be given uh, before he ate. And you're not supposed to eat from the animal before you've tithed. Now, you, with fruits and vegetables, we're familiar with tithing. With animals, see, with fruits and vegetables, it's actually non-kosher until you tithe. Animals, it's not non-kosher. You just leave over the pieces for the kohanim. It's the kola okuma. He taught if you eat from the animal before the, the gifts are separated, it's similar to tevel. Ki'ilocho tevel. Veles hilchos ha'kavasa, but the aloch is not actually like it. Okay. Velo brachti l'nei koim. And he said, I never uh, benched in front of the coin. Are you telling me that it's good uh, to always let the coin go first? Uh, now, the question here is, it's, it sounds funny because we always let the coin go first. But what happens if we're talking about a person who's a big Talmud Chacham? So the real honor should go to, this, to Talmud Chacham first. Um, we reached a point pretty much where we no longer... Uh, do that, where we honor the Talmud Chacham before the Kohen, uh, because it still created fights. I'm enough Talmud Chacham, not enough Talmud Chacham, so we just let the Kohanim go first. But uh, the original halacha was that if a person was greater than the Kohen, was a great Talmud Chacham, and the Kohen was not so great, he went before the Kohen. So is it an, a good thing to let the Kohen go first? Omer of Yochan, a cold Talmud Chacham, if a person's a Talmud Chacham Shemavorach Lefanov, and he lets um, the Kohen Gadol make the bracha before him, I feel a Kohen Gadol. Even if he's a Kohen Gadol, but he's an Amorat, also Talmud Chacham Chayv Misa. That Talmud Chacham's doing a bad thing. When you say Chayv Misa, it means doing a bad thing. <laughs> okay. Shinemar, Kol Misonai Ove Mavis. All those that hate me love death. Now, Turkey, Misonai Ela Misere, people that cause me to be hated. Basically, it's saying like this. A, a person who, who becomes a wonderful person by learning Torah and working on his midos and being a tzaddik, and then he lets somebody else go ahead of him who's not a tzaddik, who just was born from the right person. So other people will say, it's not what you do and what you accomplish, you just got to be born in the right family. And they will say, what's the use? And we believe, not like that, that learning Torah, a person who learns Torah, uh, a Talmud Chacham, uh, is a, uh, is a, even if he's, um, it says even a Mamzer Talmud Chacham, a Talmud Chacham who's from a bad family can be greater than a Kain Gadol Amorit. So by him letting the Kain go first, he's, um, he's not doing a good thing because people will say uh, that it doesn't count being a Tzaddik and learning Torah. You're letting the Kain go first. So the word says, Ki and he's talking about at least a, a Kohen was equal to him. He always made, he went, sure the Kohen went first. Well, that's pita, then. So let's see, Tosa. Great question. He says that equal doesn't mean equal. It means he, he had some value to him. So he, if there was the slightest, if there was a Kohen who had any redeeming features, he would push him forward, even, even though he might have been somewhat greater. Okay, fine. That's, that's a, that was his advantage. It's a certain humility also that to put the code. It doesn't work with the Shabian language and the Gemara so much. I mean, you have to sort of have some of that forced explanation. So you don't like that answer, that it's Lav Dafka. Okay. It's, 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 you just think that the Gemara is saying 
more would explain that, okay, so it's a slightly lower level, but... So, so Tosus uses the word klomar. Klomar yeah. means that it's not a great minute. wording, yeah, but that's the way Tosa says. But you're right, it doesn't... Uh, occasionally you have Gemaras where the, the words are not an exact fit, but it's, it's commonly used that way. Okay, next one. Shalu Tabidas Reb The students asked the great Reb Nechunya Ben How did you live so long? He said, as long as I was alive, that's a long time, I never... Uh, never uh, honored myself with something that somebody else lost from. I never took advantage. If other people were having a hard time with something, that was not something that I, I took honor from. I never went to bed with a, uh, uh, with a curse to my friend, meaning being angry at someone. I never went to bed angry. And number three, and I used to give in when it came to money. Even the people owed me a little bit, they cheated me a little bit, it was a little bit, I gave in. So the more explains. This, you, they actually have uh, statistics about that. In other words, people that have high blood pressure and have anger, and uh, it hurts their health. It, it, it gives them problems with digestion. And so if a person can learn to be totally chilled about life, uh, their, their health will be better. There was a yeshiva that specialized in that kelm. People used to learn calmness from that yeshiva. Anyone who came from that... What? I don't know, but that the uh, uh, they they people that studied there uh, would learn how to be calm. There was a famous story. Abel Yolopian was once waiting for a bus, and he got up to uh, to to see where it was. You know, it was coming late, so he got up to look, and so he he said that uh, you know if he'd come, he would have gotten a patch for that. He would have gotten a because, you know, why are you worried? You know, and, and what is it going to do if you get up and look? It's not going to come any quicker, you know. So, but it's like a nervousness that you get up and look because well, that's the got, thing. Uh, right. But it, there's a certain nervousness that people have that's calm. So, okay. So he explains. Yeah. But what is the premise for the whole Gemara here? These, these people are human beings. They do not know why they've been graced with more years. Why are they asking these people, you know, what did you do that? Such long life. It's not in their hands. Um, you see that they didn't answer that. They did, though. I guess that some things are in your hands. <laughs> yeah, but I think, I guess but the answers don't have any validity. I mean, you could say anything. Would they have said anything? Or maybe they knew that they had uh, certain practices they took on, which, uh, I mean, today so people study that. They really want to know. They're puzzled by that. If they, if from people from similar background and similar uh, uh, place in life didn't live as long as them or similar genes, and why did they? So they actually study that. They try to figure that out. Um, uh, why? Uh, I, I never, there was somebody who was in the um, assisted living place where my mother stays who was in his hundreds. And so... Uh, he gave his body to science because he wanted to help them discover why people live long. Certain people live long. That was nice, his. Nice. Um, but uh, that. But he, he. He also didn't really know why he merited to be. You know, he was 106 or 107. You know. Yeah, I think. Yeah. It was a guy who died. It was on the news. He died recently. He was 114. Right. So, at uh, any rate, so let's see. 
So uh, these are the things. Uh, so right, Lama's, my, my, my answer is he's got good telomeres, you know, so. Uh-huh. Right, right, that's right. Uh, so um, Argomar seems to, it goes with a number of people. Now the more so, what does it mean? Lonis kavti I never took honor for my friend's embarrassment. Ki Ravuna. The more gives an example. Ravuna was carrying a mara. He was carrying a hoe, a kasve on his shoulders. You know, you see this old sage schlepping a hoe. Aser Ravchana Barchani Loi. Ravchana Barchani Loi came the kadorimina. Give that to me, Rabbi. I'll carry that for you. This was another Rabbi. If you're a person who usually carries hoes, so Dori, I'll let you carry it. The E low, and if you don't usually schlep things, I'm not going to gain by you carrying something that you don't usually do. Um, uh, I'm not happy. With low, uh, yeah, so that's, that's what he said. I'm not going to. In other words, one of us is going to have to schlep something he doesn't usually have to schlep. So I'm not going to let you be the... I'm not going to benefit by you demeaning yourself for doing it for me. If you don't mind and you do it anyways, that's a different story. Uh, uh, number two. I never went to bed with a curse on my friend. Before he went to bed, he said the following. I, I forgive anybody that caused me pain. Now, there's a longer version, but a lot of people don't say the longer version because it's too long. This is a nice short version. Sure, I'm on the call. I just forget. Well, well you, you, did, you did miss one word in the box. Charlie Marie. Marie. Uh-huh. The Marie? Uh, okay. Yeah. So um, you did miss that one word. I forgive anybody who may have hurt me. Now, by the way, it, the truth is, I, I sometimes feel it's not fair to do that because... We believe that ultimately, if somebody deserves punishment, then Hashem will take care of it. So it's really pretty easy for us to forgive, because we're just saying we forgive our part of it. You know, but that doesn't mean that if there's a bad person out there, he's going to get away with anything. He's going to have to answer to Hashem. That, that's not our problem. We, uh, we're just saying that, you know, whatever, you know, nobody should be punished because of me. Fine. But that, that doesn't mean that we have to feel that a person who did a bad thing can get away with doing a bad thing. No, Hashem takes care of those things. We don't have... I, so I'm just saying, it's not a total... Uh, it's different than the non-Jewish concept that, uh, you know, uh, this person is forgiven. No, Hashem punishes evildoers. It just means that he, there's a double sin. They sin against me and they sin against Hashem. So my part in it, I forgive it. That, that's, the, that's the way I understood it. Vatrim and Mona, I see. Odomar Amar, Eov Vatrim and Eov uh, was known to be, uh, the, the more it says that Eov was a great tzaddik, it says what, what, it's a good way to be to uh, not uh, to give up, you know, to when there's an argument or a debate. Now, by the way, half the time you're right, half the time the other person is right. And if some of the time you insist on having your way, you're taking something that doesn't belong to you. So he would be vach, yeah, take it. He would, you know, the storekeeper, there's always a debate, you know, where's the arrow? So he left, he left the change at the storekeeper. Now, so if you learn those Gemaras, you think that um, uh, this is a good question to ask an elderly person, and you don't get in trouble for that. But we see not so fast. Rabbi Kiva asked Reb Nechunya Hagadol.
Yeah, that's what I'm reading right now. Show Revi Kiva is from the Chunya Gadol. So, but my Harakti Yavim. So Revi Kiva asked him, how come you live so long? Now, the they took it that he was insulting him. You know, you live so long? Why did you... You didn't deserve this. Why did you get... <laughs> that, that's a, you could take that as an insult. So Asse Gavze and his Shamashin came and they started hitting Rebbe Kiva. How dare you be so chutzpahdik to our Rebbe to, to ask him, why is, he, why, why is he living so long? Who are these Gavze? Rashi Shrisim Hayo Avadim Mishorsim. Oh, so they were servants. They were begrudging him to live so long. So they started whacking him. So Yosef Areshadika, so he climbed a tree to get away from them. So he, these guys were, were serious. So Omerle Rebbe, but he called out to Reb Nechunya. He said, If it says a sheep, why one? So he says, Oh, wait a second, guys. This guy's a rabbi. He's not just insulting me, he's a scholar. So a scholar is different because when they ask, they're asking to learn. They're not asking to insult. Of course not. But they didn't realize he at first was a scholar. It's interesting because it says Revi Akiva. He was not always Revi Akiva, like you would think that, he, that they recognized him. Now, there is, um, they say if you saw the Chafetz Chaim, you wouldn't have realized he was a rabbi. Like he didn't dress. There are certain people that didn't feel uh, that they dressed rabbinic necessarily. They dressed like just anybody else. They just, uh, in fact, that was almost their way of serving a Kosh Borchu was to be as simple as possible. They, uh, even uh, in America, you had certain uh, heads of yeshivas who were like that, who, who would, instead of sitting in the front, they would sit in the middle, and they, they would never sit in a fancy chair, they wouldn't wear special clothing, like they, they wanted to be simple. <laughs> and, uh, so, but anyway, so, uh, I don't know, I don't know about Revi Kiva, but they didn't realize he was Revi Kiva. So, so why is he just quoting a positive to show him he's a rabbi, he knows Hebrew? Or yeah, or he really wanted to know. But the question is why he asked this is not so clear. That's the Gadotah part. So, so, Omer le, so they said, oh, this guy's a rabbi, Shevku, stop beating him. <laughs> okay. Omer le, echen, and he, answered, he says, well, I guess he's a rabbi. He, want, he really wants to know the answer. So he said, one doesn't mean one. It means miyuchet sheb edro. It means you pick the best for a korban. That's what the word echen means. Okay. Omer le, so, but now he says, now I'll answer his question because I see he really wanted to know. He wasn't trying to insult me. First of all, I never received gifts. It's a famous thing. It says if you hate gifts, you'll live. You the person wants to be independent. And I never insisted on having it my way. I didn't, uh, I didn't stand on, on principle. And vatrimonia, you see, and I used to give in for money. The exilarch used to send him money. They used to send him gifts to the scholar, leading rabbis, Lo Havi Shekel. Now, in, there are sages today, thank God, and uh, like sages, they don't like to take gifts. So people try to find ingenious ways to uh, give them things without them, you know, because it's a supposed to give them a gift. But what do you do if they don't want to accept it? So that, that's a, there's always stories how people try to, uh, you know, leave something there or find a way to give it to them without them realizing it. But they're very sharp people. You can't give them a gift without them realizing it. And they used to invite him to dine over there. He wouldn't go. He says, so they would, he, would, he would answer them, 
Don't you want me to live? Why are you pushing me to receive a gift? So when they, he was a little different. When they would send him gifts, he wouldn't take it. But when he was invited to eat, he would go. He said, they're honored when I go there. It's not a one-way street. This is an important concept also. Sometimes you take a gift. It's not just that you're getting... They explain also, sometimes when a person is paying you back, uh, you're, you're allowing that person to feel good. It's, it's, not a, it's not a selfish thing always to take a gift. Sometimes it's, it's the proper thing to do. And, uh, they explain that, by the way, why Avram Avinu took from Paro, but he didn't take from Snow. You have to know when to say yes and when to say no. It's not a, um, so he said that, you know, they, they'd be honored to have me. It's, it's a two-way street. They, they could say, everybody, look who comes to, our, our, uh, our, uh, comes to dine here. Anybody that, that is, uh, gives in to their midos, so Hashem removes all sin from them. Hashem carries their sin over Alpesha to those that are, um, have sinned. Uh, who does Hashem forgive sins? Who does Hashem take the sin away? That even if somebody insulted him on purpose, he's forgiven. It's, it's, you know, you, most people can forgive an accident, but when somebody's pushaya to you, it's very hard to forgive them. They, they did it on purpose. But if you're able to, to forgive even people that did it on purpose, leave them, so then Hashem will say, uh, forgive, take your sins. Show Rebbe Yeshua ben Kark. Rebbe Yeshua ben So he said, are you, uh, are you begrudging me my life? Again, so he took it as a, an insult. Yeah, so He said that. No, I want to know. Uh, so he said, I never stared at a wicked person. A person's forbidden to stare at the image of a, of a wicked person. It's considered not good for you to, to stare or focus or spend more than. Basically, to stare, nistakal means more than like a quick glance. It means to have intent to look at. In other words, a person never, never spent more than a second. If he sees something wicked, he doesn't delay on it or think into it. He just get, quickly goes on. And here's the passage. There was a wicked king in Israel, and he was working together with the righteous king of Yehuda. And they called up a prophet. And the prophet said, well... I, he said to the king of Israel, I wouldn't bother looking at you if it wouldn't be there. I wouldn't even come if it wouldn't be for the righteous king of Yehuda. If you stare at the wicked, your eyes become weak. Yitzhak got blind in his old age. Why? He looked at his son Esau. Is that why he went blind? It, didn't we learn the reason he went blind is a, even the curse of a simple person shouldn't be simple to you. Shari Avimelech, because Avimelech, he cursed Sarah, and it happened to her children. Shinemar, he said, here, take this money. It should be a blind you to this. So the blindness came true that Yitzhak went blind. Well, I think uh, that's the incense that, uh, whatever So maybe all, maybe all three. I don't know. Vahid <laughs> Garbalo, uh, and this caused it too. Rabbi said, He says that there's a proof that a person shouldn't stare at a Russia. It's not good to look at a Russia. <laughs> so, not good sometimes means that something bad comes of it. 
Bishas Betirosa, as he was dying, Amale Rabbi Burkhani blessed me. Amar Yihiratsu Shitagila Khatiyame said you should get half my day you should live half my days. So that was a funny blessing. Oh yeah, really? So he said, Lo. he says, Why couldn't you bless me that I should live all your days? Amalua boy machrecha bahema yiru. Bama yiru. Those that come after you, basically Rebbe was the leader. And if he lived too long, his kids would never get a chance to take over. And he said, you got to leave them, leave them, uh, you know, they got to have, uh, they got to take over just, uh, I know of a shul where the rabbi retired early so that his son could uh, uh, take over when it was the right time. Well, he could retire without dying. <laughs> that's, well, you go to Eretz Yisrael. So that's the, uh, uh, well, I know, he didn't, die, he didn't curse him to die, he just didn't bless him that he should live super... So I don't know, in certain places there wasn't such a thing as retirement. So that was what he was saying, you know, he was the Nazi. Um, but I knew of cases where, the, uh, that, where that was a difficult thing, where the people lived very long, and by that time their kids had moved on. And so the, when they passed away, there, there was nobody there to take over, because the natural, you know, they, they lived a, you know, a long life. One of them said, uh, the, you know, what the reason that I uh, accomplished what I have, the lowest stock of Akusi, I never stared at a goy. I never made a partnership with a goy, with the Samaritan, with the bad Samaritan. Um, one of the reasons is, is that if you have a partnership, people have to swear, and they would swear by their gods. And so by not having a partnership, you never, that's what Tosus explains. Shout to me this Rebbe Zeyre, and they said, how come you live in some... I never got angry in my house. Now that, by the way, is amazing because there's some, you know, and, and when people are at home, you know, it's like with family. Of course, people get angry. No, he said, I never was, never got angry at home. And I never jumped in front of somebody bigger than me. And I was always careful not to think holy thoughts in dirty places. And I never walked without Torah and Basement. I never slept in the base medrash. Now you might have thought I didn't sleep a big sleep, but a small sleep. I did not a big sleep, not a small sleep. I was never happy when my friends fell down. I never gave my friends nicknames, and some people say I never even called them their last name, Some people they like to call you by their last name. They they, they don't want to uh, sometimes just using the last name shows like you don't want to be that friendly with a person. You know, the, I, a lot of people call me Steiny, you know, or whatever, or, you know, whatever. It's a, uh, but it's, a, okay, new Mishnah. Oh, Norma Yehuda, basic Neshach If the base shul is destroyed, Ein Maspin Besoka. Now, uh, just because it's destroyed, it still has its holiness. That's a famous concept. Uh, the broken tablets are still holy. So uh, you only do you don't do a hespit in a shul used typically, so you, even if the shul's down you don't do a hespit there. You don't uh, store things there. You don't put traps there. You don't dry fruits there. You don't take shortcuts. Kedusha is still holy. Even when it's desolate, it's still holy. We know that from the Koso. You go there and. Uh, it's, it's destroyed, but it's still holy. That's, uh, there's nothing like it. Now, if grass grows there, so you might think, maybe you should cut the grass. It's still holy. That you shouldn't do. 
because the grass actually allows you to feel the pain of the Shekhinah that it looks that way. Let's see Rashi. Now Agmas Nefesh. People see it and they should say, whoa, something needs to be done here. They remember that it should come back. There used to be a famous shul in the old city, which was in ruins for many, many years, the Churva. You know, they left the arches. And it, it, was, it was true. You, that when you went there, you daven, like, you know, why can't we get it? But now I think they finally rebuilt I haven't seen it yet, but the... Uh, they finally rebuilt that shul, uh, Hashem. But that's uh, that's what they say. Like, leave the grass in place. This way, people will daven. Don't rub on it. But can you say no? kalos rosh. A person shouldn't have what's called kalos rosh in a shul, lightheadedness. Ain't ochlem behem. You don't eat in shuls. Ain't shosim. You don't drink in them as you turn to pay. Ain't nosim behem. And uh, you don't put on your makeup. Rashi says. Ain't miskashin lesochov. Ain't mitaylin shem. And you don't go for a walk. Well, that's coming up. I don't know why Rashi says that. That's, uh, no, as Rashi says, that's the next word in the Gemara. Yeah. I wonder if there's a printer's thinking. Uh, but miskashit means like, um, I guess you go in there to straighten yourself up. You really, you don't use it for your private needs. And you don't, uh, there are people that go for walks, you know, whatever, they, uh, they, they want to go schmooze, you don't do that. Now, there is a, an idea that uh, large shuls are a community. And so there is an idea to use the shul for things because uh, having people in shul is the best place to be. And if they're in shul, then they'll stop off for davening, they'll stop off for learning, they'll learn that that's, uh, that's a good place to be. But that's the building of the shul, not necessarily the, the, uh, 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 the place where they daven, the sanctuary. This is more the sanctuary. In other words, uh, we, today we have a concept of, uh, of the shul building. I'm, I'm not sure if, the, you know, you want to go in the shul building, that might be different. You know, you want to go to the Kiddush or whatever. The, we're talking about the actual basic Nessus. But it's not so clear. I, I, that's my two cents, but I, or at least that's the way it's commonly taken today. Uh, that uh, it's not, the, the whole, even though we call the whole thing the shul, uh, we mean the sanctuary. But okay. You can't go in there in the Sadwik. And you don't do... Some shuls will do funerals in the social halls, you know, or something like that. You don't do a funeral speech of a private person. Uh, you can learn in the Hem. If it's for a large group of people or if it's for people... Rashi says... Uh, if it's a great scholar that died, you could have that funeral in the shul. So he says that the shul is uh, what's used because it's the biggest room. You know, you, you want to gather everybody. The only building big enough sometimes is the shul. Over you to Amosai, be Yeshuvan. That's when it's built. Al-Bechorvenen. If it's destroyed, Menichano, so you leave it. Va'olim you let the grass grow, you shouldn't pick the everybody should want to rebuild it. So Asavim, who's talking about grass? We're missing a word in this teaching, and this is what it means to say. So really, in the place where the shul is, you should keep it clean. And wash uh, it. And you should, it's a mitzvah to make, keep the shul beautiful. That's when the shul is, is built. Then you take care of the grounds. Then you wash the building. 
av of a korbana, but if the shul is in decay, is destroyed, then you let the grass grow, and then you don't pick it. This way people will make sure to get it rebuilt, or daven that it be rebuilt. What about the shuls not in Israel? They're made conditional uh, that uh, when they leave Bavl, let, they go back. Now, even though they're not as holy, you still shouldn't be, have lightheadedness. And what is lightheaded? Cheshbonus. It means to do, uh, uh, to, uh, to do business there, to do cheshbonus. He says, if you have a shul where people do business in shul, Malina they're going to bury people there. Malina, are you going to do it? So, lo sagi de lav hachi, el mitzvah. He means that you'll do a mes mitzvah, but um, basically it means that uh, uh, you're not doing the right things in the shul if you're, you're doing cheshbonus there, if you're using the building uh, to, uh, uh, to, uh, to do business or to do other stuff. There should be a Rashi here. Let's see if we can find the Rashi. Lesof. He has the word Lesof. If you do business there, Lesof shelinabo meis mitzvah sheyamusu beir meisim she'en lehem kovrim. There'll be people that will die that there'll be nobody to take care of. It's interesting why that's the punishment for doing business in the shul. Okay. Ve'inusimahem amar rabba chachamim v'taminim mutrim. Now, the uh, sages and their students, they're allowed uh, to, uh, to eat and get dressed in the study hall, it's called the Rabbanin, the house of the rabbis. Basin, that's where they live. So there is certain leniencies that you can take, let's say when you're in the base medrash, uh, to have a coffee or a tea or uh, put your head down for a few minutes that you really shouldn't do in the shul. You know, a shul, in that regard, you're not, nobody lives in the shul, but where you learn, sometimes, you, in order to learn more, sometimes you need to be able to get a drink or do something. What about people who sleep at Rabbi Sherman? It's always like, you know, so... <laughs> is that a sin? Uh, <laughs> it's, maybe it's tired. <laughs> yeah. Ve'en neknasen behem b'chavinei acham b'chavinei gishamen. And you don't go in in the sun in order to get the air conditioning and not in the rain because of the rain. Ki haid ravina v'revada v'ramas nabi kind v'shol shayosam v'rav. That's the question, Rava. It started storming. So they ran into the study hall. They ran into the shul. So they were worried that people might think that you can go into the shul for protection for the weather. The reason we went into the shul wasn't because of the rain. Because they were learning. And you can't learn while you're standing in the rain. Because when you learn, you need... Silusa, you need you need uh, peacefulness. Rashi silusa das silula clear mindedness and mushevish she'enu torid beklum. When you're learning, you can't have anything distracting you. So you know when you're when it's raining and you're soaked to the gills, you're distracted. So they went into the base medrash or to the shul because that was the best place to continue learning. What do you do if you need to call someone out of the, out of the shul? What do you do? So, so if when you go in, you're a rabbi, you're a scholar, so so learn a halacha when you go in. That's what you should do. You pick up a sefer and, and learn one halacha. What if you're not a, a Talmud Chacham, but you know how to learn a Mishnah? And then you say a Mishnah. 
what happens if you don't know how to learn Mishnah, but you can read a Torah? You're a Balkara, Vikara, Kara, Leib Psuka. What do you do if you're none of those? Ilo, Lemi, Lianuka. So you call over a child in the base Medrash who's a Cheder Yingle, and you say, Tell me what you learned today. Or Inami, Nishta, Or you just delay there for a minute or two. You just soak up the atmosphere. There's a minute, uh, there's, a, there's a concept of just uh, sitting in shul and pausing and, you know, thinking about Hashem for a minute. You could do that too. So basically, as long as you're not just calling the person out, you're, 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 you're growing from that minute in the shul. Or Maspin Hesed Shul Rabin, but you can do a public Hesed. What's the Hesed Rabin? So, Machar Rechisigon Hesed Dekoi Be Rusheshis. He said, uh, like, uh, he says, uh, a Hesed where Rusheshis is, uh, somebody from Rusheshis' house. Rusheshis says, Gigon Hesed Dekoi Be Rusheshis, somebody from Rusheshis' house. It's a question of what was going on over here. It could be that they meant a Hesed that a great rabbi would go to. And what the, each one was saying, a great rabbi like who? Like the other rabbi, because each one didn't want to say they were the greatest. That, that was a question. Raf uh, uh, gave a hesed for his daughter-in-law who died. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, now, his daughter-in-law uh, was not a famous Torah scholar. And he said, That's because who I am. People will want to comfort me, and they know that I need to give a hesed for my daughter-in-law. The Demusi, Asi Kula Alma. Everybody's going to come, and so therefore it could be in a in in the uh, in the in the shul. Rezei Rabban Meknisha. He gave Hesed. Imishum Yikridi, Imishum Yikridi Dei Demasa Asi Kula Alma. Either because I'm there or because he's there, everybody's going to come. So basically, if there's a funeral that's going to be attended by everybody or by the scholars, so even if the person themselves wasn't a scholar. But if the person was a person that the scholars would naturally attend the funeral, so that also would be a reason to have the funeral in the shul. Reishlakish gave a hesped of a scholar in Eretz Yisrael, the Havitani Hilkosa Bechaf Dalit Shurasa. And he learned the halachas in the 24 areas. Omer Vechista Chasidid Ard Yisrael. He said, oh, "Whoa, we lost a, a great person from Israel, Gavarabah, the Havitari Hilkasa, that he learned halacha, safras, tefri, tosefta, v'shachav, and he died." So he gave the hesped of what appeared to be a great scholar. Amulei Reb Nachman, Reb Nachman was critical. Reb Nachman said, "Listed in Mar." Um, um, so he said. How would you have given him a hespid? Omar, sifri You want me to give a hespid for somebody that's a bunch of empty books? Uh, he did not feel that they, that he felt that Reish Lakish overdid it. So the question is, what was the problem? Now there is a Rashi here. Let's try the Rashi. Hate Sina, It sounds very. Like usually, you give the person that passed away the benefit of the doubt, and this guy learned a lot. So Rashi, he hates seeing a moli sefer. Ainu ella kesiel shemoli svarim. It's like a book. This guy was just a bookcase. For ain maven, my he didn't know what he was learning. I've shown a halachas that person learned velo shimish tamida chachamim, but he never went all the way. Lilmud shiavinu time mishnah pai mishadivei mishnah so mishnah 
contradict each other. The circle of tarts, and you need to explain them. Kikon hachem ma'eskinen. How do we understand this? Kikon hamani reploniu. Kikon chasuri mexera. Rashi's terrific here. He tells us when the Gemara is complicated. <laughs> he tells us four examples when things aren't what they seem. So what he's saying is, apparently this person memorized things, but he didn't bother to understand them. So he felt that he was not considered a great Torah scholar, even though he knew a lot of information. They're, they're like some autistic people that really know lots of information, but they really, it's not that they've turned it into Torah. They never like work to understand it. Uh, but uh, apparently there was a machlokas between these two, Reish Lakish and Rabbah, who, uh, whether you should give a hesped. You see the difference in Bavel, they were happy to say a good hesped. In Eretz Israel, they were strict about that. That he wouldn't do business with somebody, uh, um, he wouldn't, uh, he, would, he would only do business with, he would only talk to certain people. If he talked to Reish Lakish, he would d- give him a loan without witnesses. Uh, but the people above her, um, uh, th- there was a difference in, in how they decided these things. Okay. We learned over there, Tishtamish Mitaga, if somebody uses their learning, they'll pass away. That's if somebody uses somebody that learned halachas, Kishu Shotora. And the basket was that those last three words, Kishu Shotora. Yeah. You should rather use somebody that learned only four out of six, but if somebody. Uh, didn't just learn four, but he taught four, then you have to show respect. Reish Lakish once was traveling. He reached the water. There's somebody that put Reish Lakish on his shoulders and walked him over the stream. He passed through the water. So Reish Lakish uh, asked him, have you learned Chomish? He said, yeah. Tanisi, have you learned Mishnah? Tanina. Uh, then he said, yeah. Arba Sidre Mishnah. Uh, he said, Yeah, I learned four Siddharm and Mishnah. I've learned four, four Siddharm. It's pretty good. He said, You learned four Siddharm and Mishnah? Throw me into the water. Throw Reish Lakish into the water. I, I, I would not have a Torah scholar carry me through the water. Uh, so he didn't really want to throw him. Uh, into the water, he didn't uh, didn't didn't want to do that. He was trying to show respect to Reish Lakish, so he said, um, "One second, I read that wrong." He Tenisa Barla Kaspek, Amalei Psulach Arbeturi, but Tenisa Barla Kashakashpek. He said, "You learned four Torim of Mishnah, and you're carrying Reish Lakish on your shoulders." Shari Bar Lakish, throw me in the water. Amalei Nikoli, I'm happy. Uh, to do that, Dashmini uh, Lamar, I'm 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 not going to throw you in the water. It's my pleasure to carry you. So Lamar says, At least learn from me one halacha. And he taught him halacha. What's the halacha? Rebzeira, famous teaching. Rebzeira, Benos Yisrael, Hain Hikmarat. There's very complicated rules about how long women that are menstruating need to count. So uh, the women themselves decided that they didn't want to take a chance. 
Even if they see blood the size of a mustard seed, they count seven clean days. And uh, the question is why they pick that halacha to teach. But you see, once you teach a person even one halacha, so then it's okay if they show you a little respect. A person teaches you halachas, they get a share in the world to come. Not the traveling, halachas.